everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. We are resuming our regular schedule now that we're done with our midweek games. Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking coffee, Baileys, and whiskey because wow. I'm on a staycation this weekend. Um, and I had brunch this morning, so I'm just continuing that trend and I'm going to go work out with my trainer in an hour. So, you know, it's always good to be boozy when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you, are, are you drinking today? What are you drinking? No, it's still the middle of the work day for me. Also, my tummy is like really delicate right now. So I don't feel like introducing alcohol into the situation. You're so sensitive. Like for two days now, everything I eat, my body is immediately like, get that out of here. So sensitive. I do. I have a delicate tummy. <laughs> I do. never know what's going to sit it you off. You actually do. I don't, I don't know though. Like it started, I went out with a friend and we had this thing called the spicy curry ramen. I, I know what you're thinking. Like Steph, that's easily the culprit right there. But it's, it was basically the same ramen I've had a dozen times with no problem, with just a little bit of, like, curry powder and spice added in. And I handle spice pretty well. So You do. And also, I was fine for, like, three or four hours after I ate it. I feel like if that was the culprit, you know, within an hour, my body had been like, mm, actually, maybe you shouldn't have done that. So, I don't know. I Maybe I just picked up a bug or something. Maybe. my I feel like your belly is an ecosystem. Uh-huh. And things can just be off balance. That's true. And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, maybe you just haven't had enough, like, fiber. Or maybe you haven't had enough protein or something like that. And your body's just like, yeah, yeah our, our balance is just a little off right now. I am, I have been doing badly on vegetables this week. I've only had, like, out of five days, I've had, like, a, a full serving of vegetable maybe three days out of the five. So, not great. <laughs> Vegetables will help you be regular. Thanks, Dad. Um, do you want to talk about how we did with our score predictions from midweek? Yes. Okay. Because I'm pretty happy with how we did. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you earned more points than I did this week. Mm-hmm. So you should be happy. You walked away with six points, and I only have four points this mm-hmm. week. You want to just start at the top with uh, New Jersey, Orlando? Yeah, this was an exciting, fun game, I thought. I watched uh, the second half, so I missed the bike. Uh, just completely missed it, but I saw the Twitter reaction. Um, and honestly, it was it was pretty. It was a nice bike, yeah. It was it was a good bike. Not the prettiest that we've seen. I think Devanna still... still Don't uh, need to talk about leads. that. Don't ever need to go back to that game ever. <laughs> I forget that you have negative associations with that. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's just talk about this game. Um, I thought I thought it was interesting, and saw uh, I saw the last two Orlando goals. Way to rally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I told you Orlando was going to win this one, although I didn't know they were going to win like this. Yeah, you predicted one to two. I said it was going to be a two-two draw, so I was kind of hoping that Orlando wouldn't get that last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're the one that w- walked away with points. Yeah, five goals. That's five pretty goals. good. That's a pretty good uh, game for for those Orlando or no, it was in New Jersey. Yeah. Um. Oh man, New Jersey lost at home. I probably 
should have predicted a higher goal count because these are both teams that can score. Like, they've shown us now amply over the season that they can score. Sky Blue, especially with Sam Kerr, and Orlando now that they've integrated Marta pretty well. They can score. Mm-hmm. I, I'll factor it in for this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Houston, Boston. Um, first off, congratulations for points. Uh, point. Um, yeah. Or a point. Uh, neither one of us predicted a draw. Um, and we both thought there would be goals. I think we're, we're correct in that thought. And uh, the official um, disagreed with us personally. So I'm taking this as a personal offense. Sir, I bite my thumb at you. Like, you, do way, you do way more than that. <laughs> I guess he wasn't positioned well enough to see it. And neither was the linesman, I guess. But... Well, the linesman was on the other side. Yeah. But I mean, I was watching it from not a great angle either, right? Because the camera's in midfield looking down at the goal. And it didn't look like a handball from that angle either, like in the heat of the moment. I mean, I guess also I wanted it to be a goal, so you can't 100% really trust my opinion there, maybe. But mm, we got robbed. We got robbed. I You, you, you guys absolutely got robbed. And... Um... Which is unfortunate because it was it was late in the match, right? It mm-hmm. was it was in what the eighty second minute or something like that. Late seventies, something like that. Yeah, not a lot left oh, okay. to play. Yeah, and you know Boston had done a really good job in the the match up until then um, of shutting Houston down. Houston's coming off of a win, um, so so coming and playing at home. I don't know. I you guys were robbed. You know who else was robbed? Um, the Chicago Red Stars? I was going to say Christine Suplay. You were going to say Christine. From a, Look, from but, a hat trick. But she got it back, though. Like, she chased down the perpetrator and was like, no, no. But she could have had a hat I know, I know. I'm so she disappointed. She could have had a hat trick. I'm just, she deserved a hat trick at home. She really did. She deserves a hat trick every single match. Yeah. And she doesn't even have to work for it. Like, I just want her to be teed up for three goals every single match. She just stays, like, in the 18th. <laughs> <laughs> she gets to be in, like, a lawn chair, sipping a pina colada. She's perpetually offside, and she just waits until the defend- the defensive line comes back and puts her back on. <laughs> she doesn't even run back with the line. She just stays she does- offside. She's never she's never involved with the play until it comes, like, right directly at her Into the Yeah, yeah. And then she just taps it in. It'll be like Abby Wambach's farewell game, where, like, every single ball <laughs> has to go to her. It'll be like Abby Wambach's last three years, let's oh, be honest. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but no, that's not Sink. She works hard on both sides of the ball. Did you see Sink got an award today from, like, the <laughs> nation of Canada? She's like a princess now. No, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm that's pretty right. sure she's a princess now. She's been dubbed a princess. No, she received the Order of Canada, which is like a civilian award for merit and advancing Canadian stuff. Yeah, which means she's now a princess. Sure, if you want to call her Princess Sinclair, <laughs> I can't stop you. I can't stop you. It's just not official. Um <laughs> I think, no, c- congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things because Canada is like a commonwealth of, um, you know, they have all the British stuff going on historically. 
you can get added onto it. So she's like inducted into the bottom of this order and like it has ranks and stuff that you can go up on as you do more stuff with your life. She's still got so much stuff to do. So I guess maybe one day she could be princess. She could get elevated to princess. Princess of Canadian soccer. Sure. No, just princess of Canadian sport. Of sport. All of Canadian sport. I mean, I think she's already like queen of Canadian sport. So yeah, princess she, is she's demotion. won the, the sports woman of the year for like 37 years. That's longer than she's been alive. But I would that's... also I would also not dispute that fact. Yeah, that's how what an impact she's had. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So I take it you were pleased with the result. I was absolutely overjoyed. Like, I think I'm still riding that high today. You were, like, tweeting um, me in real time as Sinclair scored. Yeah. I I mean, look, Stephanie. <laughs> let me explain something to you. Oh, wow. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the way those comments always start. Look, Stephanie. <laughs> I'm about to attempt to school you on something that you spent a fuck ton of time researching and doing interviews and everything like that. Um, should we do? You, can can we talk about your article and then we'll jump back to the last match? Sure, sure. Um, I did an article for SB Nation where I talked to a lot of female coaches and get the highest level in American soccer because I was like, why aren't there more of you? And I got a lot of good perspectives. I learned some stuff. I talked to uh, April Heinrichs. I talked to Yal Averbush, Lori Kolopny, Brianna Scurry. I talked to Charlotte Nonin, who was a great interview, by the way. She's a new head coach at uh, Florida International, and she's doing commentary for NWSL. She did Houston-Boston on Wednesday, and I think a lot of people would agree she has been one of the best pickups for NWSL in the commentator's booth this season. I talked to Kia McNeil. She's the head coach at Brown. Um... Oh, Amanda Cromwell at UCLA, probably, you know, one of the biggest women's coaches in the college game right now. Uh, Marcy Jobson at Baylor. So just a lot of people. And um, yeah, we and our good friend, Angela Harrison. Yeah, Ange Harrison doing her club thing in Portland. Boy, she had a lot to say, too. She always does. Um, Like y'all, y'all are seeing the barest percentage of the quotes that I got from these interviews. I interviewed all these people. I talked to them for like 20 minutes to half an hour. So now I have like 25,000 words worth of quotes just sitting on my computer that had to get pared down for like an under 5,000 word article. How long were you working on this article? I was interviewing, I think I floated the idea in February. I was interviewing people throughout March and then I put it together early April and then SB Nation had some editorial turnover, so it was kind of in limbo for a couple months. And then I went into editing, um, I want to say late May, early, late May. And it's been in edits for a couple weeks, and then finally we posted it in June. And I, it's it's a long read, but it's a fantastic read. Thank um, you. A lot of really good stories in there, very enlightening. Um, I really like the little drawings, too. Um, the illustrations were were fun. Um, what what's the overall takeaway? Like, did you solve the problem of <laughs> why there aren't more women in coaching? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Has well, this article been peer reviewed? It was reviewed by some of my peers. Sure. <laughs> 
I'm just joking about some of the comments. Uh, But you didn't read the comments. I have read the comments, and I have sniffed and sent you a few of my favorite. But um, I I thought the article really outlined um, a lot of just the personality differences between uh, men and women just in business in general, which is Mm -hmm. something that I've I've been – more aware of recently in my career as well like guys just have this um bravado where they aspire for certain positions or certain roles without needing to check off all the boxes for Mm -hmm. the qualifications whereas women we feel we have to be able to check off and star and have footnotes about why we are super qualified for things before we go into that into that role or before we even try that role um and that really came out quite loudly in this article about how intimidating taking on this level of leadership can be oh oh yeah april heinrichs had a lot to say about that and so did Ange. um and and they like you noted it's not just in soccer it's also in business in a lot of areas because for a long time, if you were a woman trying to advance, obviously the people in charge, they wouldn't like it. So all they would need was the least little excuse to be like, no. So you had to have all your ducks in a row so you couldn't give anybody an excuse to tell you no. Exactly. Or, you know, that leadership might not realize they're looking for those excuses, but they just have these preconceived notions mm-hmm. about what, what you're capable of. I mean, the role family plays in this was huge. Yeah, yeah. I, um... I, I I forget who it was who was a head coach and then had kids and then stepped down to be an assistant, a volunteer assistant coach while her husband is, is coaching. Yeah, Marcy it's Johnson. just like, yeah. what? That, I mean, I talked to her and she seemed very at peace with it. Like that was their plan. They planned it that way. But in an, in general, I really hate the assumption that a woman will be primary caretaker for the children. Mm-hmm. it comes with the whole attitude like oh my husband's babysitting the kids no those are his kids too he should do half the work with them like yeah not babysitting those are not babysitting. he's not just temporarily watching them he's helping you raise his own children so i mean so for her that was her personal choice and on the other side of the spectrum that's totally fine if women want to have families and they want to step back from work they should have the choice to do so it's about the choice though it shouldn't be an obligation or an expectation. And right. I think for a lot of women, it is. You never see male coaches asked, oh, you have a family now. So how are you going to balance, you know, your work and your family life? Because they're all like, well, my wife just takes care of that shit while I work. And but that's true outside of sport. Oh, yeah, well. it's true everywhere. It's like no man has ever asked, like, can you deal with this promotion? You have kids at home, you know? Right. It's it's one of those things that's like, like. We hear about the women's national team. I mean, Pierce has changed the game. Joy Fawcett, Christy Pierce, now Sydney LaRue's taking advantage. A-Rod took advantage of being able to be on the road with your kids. Why doesn't that happen on the men's side? So if you took gender out of it and you were like, okay, the person who's on the road should have the children because outside of practice, they'll have more time to look after the child. Like assuming the child is past breastfeeding, right? Then, right. then it should apply equally on the men's and women's side, right? If you're a male player and you have children and you're on the road, then why aren't you bringing the children with you, you know? 
because if, if logistically that's how it works out. So I don't think it's true. I think it's because women are expected to look after children and it's like, oh, I need to bring the kid with me. I can't leave this child at home with my husband. Once again, it's one of those, have you ever like had a, heard someone who's like, oh, I'm leaving for the week. So I like cooked all the meals and I did a bunch of laundry and I left a bunch of instructions so my husband can take care of the kids. And it's like, you have to do all that? Is your husband an adult or not? Like someone who knows how to make food and clean up after himself and his family. Sure. But I also, I mean, to be fair, and I am, I am the type that when I am leaving, I try to make some leftovers or I try to like help out in before I leave. Um, I, I think some of that is also just who, whose responsibility is that normally and acknowledging that, yeah, I'm asked, like, they're going to be doing some things that they're not used to doing. I think that probably speaks more to the balance of duties in normal day-to-day. Balance of duty, though, it should not, it shouldn't be, like, so I feel like balance of duty, though, is still heavily gender segregated. It's like, oh, she cooks and cleans and I do this. And it's like, but why, why are women, like, you know, 75, 80% of the time, the one who does the majority of the cooking and the cleaning. That's, there's nothing preventing a man from getting a bottle of Windex and getting in that bathroom, you know? There's no inherent skill to, to certain chores, I think. I completely agree. And I think a lot of that just has to do with routine. Mm-hmm. And if, if in a partnership you make it routine that you split those chores, then it's, that's the routine. But I, I, I totally get what you're saying totally absolutely get what you're saying with regard to it shouldn't just be a default right it should be a choice that you can consciously make for yourself yeah yeah and you know this the the article kind of talking about the balance of work and home and all of that it was just very enlightening how yeah there can be more female coaches but they may they may not coach after they have kids I think that was part of the problem when we were trying to diagnose solutions because there's problems within soccer structurally, right? But there's also problems that are so much bigger than it, than soccer socially in this sense because for women to have careers in any industry, if any of these women want to have personal lives, like family lives, then you're assuming that something's going to be able to make up for the time they're spending in the workplace and that should be uh-huh. their partner and most of the time it's not. They just take right. on more work. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think this article uh, was really well thought through, had a lot of different points of view. Um, one point of view that was that was lacking was kind of the male point of view or perspective, <laughs> um, which which we got plenty of in the comments. Um, and again, I know you haven't read them and you don't read them, um, but I have I have taken it upon myself to read all of them. Great, um, great. And there are a lot of very confused men uh, who read SB Nation articles, um, who who read SB Nation articles uh, about women and for women who uh, feel left out. Mm. Mm, we laugh. And, and, and that's probably a majority of these articles is they, they just feel left out and they, they feel as though, you know, the spotlight's not on them right now, but it some of the, some of the comments are pretty funny. Um, a lot of people came to, uh, the articles defense, 
Oh, that's nice. I, um, yeah, I mean, I read a couple of our comments in the beginning. Uh, the very first or second one was like, it's just this way because of thousands of years of evolution. And I was like, well, it's time for me to click away. I mean, my favorite. Oh, my God, they deleted it. Oh, my God, they deleted my Look Stephanie one. Yeah, that one. I remember it, though. I do remember Oh, it. I, I took a screen cap and I sent it to you, I think. Um, I think that was the one where he was like testosterone <laughs> was um responsible. Look, Look Gab. Stephanie. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I was uh making fun of your commenters. <laughs> your adoring fans. Moya Dodd told me she liked it, so that's all I needed. That's all the validation what? I ever needed, so I'm all set. Everybody Dude. else can go home. You should have a follow-up interview with Moya Dodd and talk to her about uh, the whole FIFA thing. She's interviewing a lot of women right now who are trying to work in the game, so that might actually be a good idea. She should be a guest on our podcast. She should be a guest on our podcast. I wonder if we can make that happen. Maybe. I might have some connects. Well, no promises. connect them. <laughs> Rub that shit together. Oh, boy. Name your sex tape. So, Seattle Rain, Chicago, to close out the midweek games. <laughs> uh, uh, Pina with two PKs. She's yeah. now the uh, leading goal scorer in the NWSL. What did you think of Seattle winning this on penalty kicks? I thought that was lame. I thought that Pino diving in the box was lame. And if she does that tomorrow, I'm going to be pissed. Pissed? P apostrophe I S S E D. Pissed. Yeah. I'm going to be pissed. I think that's called a. The apostrophe is called a glottal stop, but you're not doing a glottal stop anyway. I'm doing like five glottal stops. I thought, yes, it was bad. Seattle won this on BKs, but I thought Chicago had some chances to win this through open play and they didn't. Or at least tie yeah. up. That's pretty unfortunate, considering I think Chicago is probably one of the two or three teams to beat right now in the league. I really, they're very enjoyable to watch playing. That was big points for Seattle. It was big points for Seattle. What are the standards? And to now? do to do it at home on a weeknight, like Seattle's now moved up to number four mm-hmm. um, in the standings. Chicago's still number two. Um, so Chicago's four points away from North Carolina at this point. Um, I really, I really, really, really need North Carolina to slow the fuck down. Yeah, if Chicago got in those points, they'd be within one of NC. So, well, we're not, we're almost halfway through the season and the points race is still fairly tight at the top. I mean, 24 for one, 17 for number four, a couple good results, a couple bad results it can shift the mid table is tight because Portland's at 18. And then after that, 17, 16, 15, 13 in the mid table, that is tight. And not in the name like... of your sex tape? <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did we. Oh, the games, the upcoming games, right? Upcoming games. We got to do some predictions. Well, before we go to NWSL upcoming games, let's talk about upcoming United States games because we just got an announcement that I'm pretty excited about. What was the announcement? Um, in November, 
on the 9th and the 12th, the United States... Are you sure those are the right dates? Fuck you. The (laughs) 9th and the 12th, I'm pretty sure, uh, the United States is going to be playing the Canadian women's soccer team in a home and away series. Now, initially I said the 19th because the person making the announcement said 19. It's, I, I repeated what I was told. Anyway, it's November 9th that the United States will play away in Vancouver at BC Place. And then on November 12th, they'll play Canada in an American city to be determined. I vote Portland or LA. Okay. I would prefer Portland because that means I can just stay with you instead of yeah. getting a hotel. Yep. Um, but it is November, although thanks to climate change, November might not be that cold wherever you pick. True. True. November, it could still be 100 degrees in Boston. November was still basically fall in Boston. It was not cold at all. I was wearing shorts. November still is fall. Just FYI. Just shh, <gasps> shh, 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 shh. It um, turns into winter in December. Anyway... I'm really excited. John Herdman has said he's going to use these games to like form his benchmark, preparing for 2019 and 2020 for like performance. And, you know, a lot of compliments. You want to use the United States as your benchmark, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, I'm very interested in how the United States, like, do they respond to this? Do they play their own game? Like, if they know Canada is coming out with a bunch of kids in the roster, are they coming out with a full strength lineup themselves? Or is Jill Ellis also going to experiment here? Like, or when is, just, is Jill Ellis not experimenting? Or is she just going to put out the strongest possible 11 to avoid losing to Canada? Ooh. You know, that's the difference for me here. Like, is she going to take a risk like Herdman, who has much less to lose, admittedly, if they lose? Or does she just be like, I, we have to win these games, so experimentation is number two on the list after winning? I, well, so I think this Tournament of Nations, the four, four teams, one cup thing, mm-hmm. um, is going to be that must-win component. Mm. And if if we do a good job there, if Jill Ellis gets a good result, I could see her being able to phone it in in November and use it more as like a... I Personally, I would love these November games to be like NWSL rookie all-star or something like that where usa is basically looking at the nwsl saying all right which which kids that aren't in our player pool deserve a call-up and maybe half the roster um is uh, or half of the the camp enrollment or whatever are these players that have earned a shot and you put them through the rigor of Don Scott's camp, fitness camp, okay. and, and Jill Ellis running all, running that, that program. And maybe they earn a spot on the, the actual roster for the match. Or maybe, you know, they, they, they don't cut the mustard. But I just, I would love to get to a point where the NWSL is actually, like, your performance in the NWSL is actually being noticed and rewarded more often than it is currently. And I know, I know there are players every call in call up um, that have shined for the NWSL, but I just want more. If we are going to see NWSL player integration into the team at any time, we're right in the middle of the time it should be happening the most. Right. Uh, I do think Jill Ellis did a good job in getting Casey Short in there. I think Short is 
relatively solid in the left back in terms of like job security. I think she's mm-hmm. got that position fairly well locked down. Um, interestingly enough, taking a starting spot from Klingenberg there. But I much prefer short over Klingenberg as a left back, depending on what we need out of that position. Yes. And especially, I mean, against Canada, right? Like, uh-huh. we know them. Uh-huh. They know us. Let's throw some unknowns at them. Like, Herdman's really good at breaking us down. So give him some wild cards. He's going to be giving us all the wild cards. He's probably going return to the, return the fucking favor, man. He's probably going to play the 16-year-old kid, Jordan Hytema. Um, He actually told a reporter that he considered bringing her to the 2016 Olympics when she was 15. That's that's how he's looking into the youth system. He's looking at 15, 16-year-olds to try and get them integrated now so he's going to have a bunch of like 17, 18, 19-year-olds running around in the World Cup. I mean, we have a 17-year-old. Yeah, we, we've got some teenagers in our setup. Yeah, we've still got Mal Pugh. She's 19. Still, she's still a teenager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Herdman's been doing it better and for longer, though, so... Well, yeah, but he also kind of needs to. Yeah, he also definitely needed to way more. So Yeah, so... Necessity, not as he wanted to. It is, it, yeah, it's not like he's ingenious in doing this. Like, he absolutely had to. Even though the United States tends to beat Canada all the time, I still think it is a rivalry. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, there's always that chance, right? Canada's come close once or twice now in the past couple of years. There was one game almost where I was like, is this the game where it's going to happen? Like in was Winnipeg that or the 2012 Olympics? No. I mean, I thought it was going to happen then, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, God, that was such a good game. It's probably one of the top ten most classic soccer games of all time. It's, it was such a good game. Uh, I'm getting chills just thinking about that one. Woo! <laughs> Is that your I'm getting chills noise? Woo! Yeah, woo! Okay, we're going to use that as our intro sound from now on, instead of the cork <laughs> pop. Woo! Hi, everybody. Woo! Okay, so now do you want to get to NWSL? Yeah. Okay. This episode's probably going to come out morning of game day. So today, Saturday, first game of the day, North Carolina Courage versus Sky Blue FC. North Carolina's at home. God, North Carolina is almost unstoppable at home, but Sky Blue, Sky Blue, if I were Sky Blue, I would be pissed. But they played a midweek game, North Carolina didn't, and Sky Blue's traveling. I mean, they're traveling, like, to North Carolina. That's true, it's not that big a jump, but... It's not that big of a jump. But they did have a midweek game. I think that this one will be 2-2. I think North Carolina is going to win 2-1. All right. Okay. Uh, next game, Boston, Washington. The Shaw. Spirit. Boston just picked up Katie Stengel, who the Spirit just waived, but Stengel won't be arriving in Boston soon enough to play, so she won't be on the field for Boston tomorrow. Or today, I guess. Um, Boston's at home. They're pissed. Washington's traveling, although Washington to Boston is nothing. Uh, you know what? 2 nothing for Boston. 2 nothing to Boston. Uh, I'm going to say this one, I'm going to go one-to-one. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Orlando Pride, Chicago Red Stars, Orlando at home. Orlando's coming off a win. Chicago's coming off a shitty loss. What you thinking? Uh, I'm, s- and it's in Orlando. Uh-huh. 
And that is I'm a bit of a jump, travel-wise. I'm going to say one to two for Chicago. Ooh. Yeah. I think I'm going to call this two to one for Orlando. Oh, I love it when we're on the opposite side. I love it. Seattle, Portland. Okay, I'll go first. Seattle's at home. They're feeling themselves a little bit. But Portland is definitely feeling themselves. I think this is going to be two, two, nothing for Portland. Oh, sweet. Sorry, Seattle. Um, I'm going to say this one's going to be three to two, Portland. Ooh, an exciting game. I really, really hope so. You're doing that to yourself. Okay. All right, last game of the weekend. FCKC hosting Houston. I think this one will be two to one FCKC. I'm going to say two to one FCKC. Shit. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, that feels bad. That really does feel bad. We got uh, that one wrong. Ugh. Okay. That was the only one we're matching on, so uh-huh. I don't feel too weird about this one. Yeah. All right. We're locked in. We are Two locked podcasts in. in one week. It's a lot of podcasting, yo. <laughs> it is a lot of podcasting. Thanks, everybody, who's listened to all of our podcasting. Um, you know, we're back on that grind. The weekly schedule. We're working hard. So we are back to thinking that there are a lot of goals in the NWSL. So far to date, there have been 146 goals scored in the NWSL. Okay. Um. After this weekend, you are predicting 170. I am predicting 182. Oof. We like to think there are more goals than there actually are. For Boston, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more bad score predictions. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we're good, though. Sometimes we're good, you know? Sometimes. Sometimes. We can pick winners sometimes. We can. We can. We've been known to. Just don't put money on any of this information. Shh, we're not going to Vegas with any of this. Okay.